0: Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions, And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and I'm very excited today. I'm very excited today. First of all, uh, the month of April is Jazz Appreciation Month, and I did not want the month to get by without me paying the proper respects and acknowledgments to the wonderful art form of jazz. And today, uh, the title of our show is All That Jazz, America's Greatest Cultural Contribution with Alex Bunyan. So today we wanna talk about how jazz is America's greatest cultural contribution to the world in the 20th century. And what is it about jazz that makes it so unique mysterious and powerful to inspire so many artists and social activists alike? What is it that the rest of the world found so infectious and attractive about America's jazz? Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. Um, Wonderful uh, friend and and, uh, recording artist, composer, jazz pianist, the great Alex Bunyon. But to do this properly, I've got to do this with music. So, hold on just a second. And there it is. Alex Buñon for the last 3 decades has been a New York-based pianist and composer. Alex Buñon has been an energetic force on the contemporary jazz scene, in possession of chameleon-like skills befitting him. Born and raised in beautiful Montreux, Switzerland, world famous for the jazz festival that hosted thousands, Alex was predestined to be a musician and has recorded 17 best-selling albums on labels such as Sony, EMI, RCA, and released the last two on his own label, Zilla Records, and received two Soul Train Award nominations, as well as receiving a Best New Jazz Artist Award from Black Radio exclusive for his 1989 debut album, Love Season. Love Season was later certified gold, selling over 500,000 copies. Prior to his solo career, Alex performed as a sideman with Patty Austin, the late James Ingram, Earth, Wind & Fire, Freddie Jackson, and numerous gospel groups. Alex studied piano in Montreux, Salzburg, and the Mozart Mozartium in Paris, and later at the Berklee School of Music in Boston. Please help me welcome my guest, Alex Bunon. Welcome, Alex.
1: Thank you, it's good to be here, Bill.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, I'm excited to have you here today, and I'm excited that, that you and I are gonna have a conversation as it relates to this wonderful art form called jazz uh but before we get going man i, I just want to back up and use this first segment to sort of get into your uh exposure to jazz and we talked about the the jazz festival in montrose so i think you have a compelling story particularly you know growing up so i want to want you to set that stage as far as what your father was doing and what you were doing and the guys that came in your company when you were a youngster
1: there's uh... There is so much to say about the, the beauty of growing up like me uh, in the sense that uh, of being in such a small town like Montreux, Switzerland, mm-hmm. having such a big jazz festival, you cannot beat that because everybody came through Montreux. I remember my first show, I was eight, eight years old. I went to see uh, Rita Franklin. So numerous uh, uh recorded concerts like like uh, les mccann and eddie harris mm. i was there wow with, you know all, all these things uh, um bill evans love in montreux his trio with with a uh, jackie i was there with eddie wow. I, I was the dash show i was at santana's first show in montreux and you can even see me with my uh with my elbows right on the stage, looking at them, <laughs> <laughs> you can, you cannot see me well, but I know it's me because I was like this, and I was in front of the, I think the bass player was called Dave Brown, the, the first bass player that uh, Santana had, and I was in, I was right in front of him with my elbows on on stage. When I saw his famous picture, I said that's me. So anyway, make long story short, that we, I saw so many different acts growing up. And I think I was lucky mo- more lucky than even a lot of people in, in the United States where the music is actually from, because yeah. we were all that greatness of music coming from the states was going down on Montreux once a year for three weeks. Mm. It's the, just a, just an amazing place to grow up uh, for, for the music appreciation. I feel, yeah. And my parents were, were very close friends with uh, Kenny Clark. Mm. Uh, very close friends. Uh, my, my aunt even was married to Donald Byrd, my, my mother's sister. So uh-huh. that brought in a, 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 such a, a number of, of different people to our house every year. Uh, Clark Terry was a really good friend of the family. Uh, um, of course, Donald was my uncle yeah Uh, so you know it's it's uh it's we we have uh, i had a very um unusual uh a very unusual way to grow grow up as a swiss guy so that really made me uh aware of uh, of uh, the possibilities that were there for me if i wanted to take them if i wanted to take the chance i remember uh I was 13 years old. I was hanging out with Donald for the whole summer. Uh, he stayed in Switzerland and I was, I was kind of just hanging out with him sleeping in the, he had rented a chalet in Switzerland. I was sleeping there. His band was there. And I remember his whole, uh, his whole day was spent by listening to music, practicing, transcribing, writing music, then rehearsal. Then sound check, then show. And after a few days of that, I said to myself, "This is what I want to do for a living. This is what I want." And, yeah. a- and that's, awesome. that, that's what I wanted to be at fourteen yeah,
0: years.
1: Man. I wanted to be a musician.
0: That is incredible. That is so incredible, and and to be so fortunate. I mean, as you as you were just describing the different acts that you were exposed to as a youngster. In Montreux, you, you mentioned, I mean, you start off with Aretha Franklin, you, you, you're in talking about uh, Carlos Santana, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a very diverse group as well, as well as being the best in the world, you know, coming in for three weeks onto your little town, you know, <laughs> that's amazing. That's yeah. a, that's a huge blessing, man. That's a huge blessing. You know, I, um, um yeah and i i thought you would be you know again perfect for this conversation go ahead man i'm i'm listening
1: you're listening to to me do you
0: want another story That's what you say well i mean no it's you know i am i am um i am excited but you you are right most young people um and and most adults don't have that level of exposure to the greats like that um You mentioned some of the names, and that's the wonderful thing about this 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 area called jazz is how um, how sort of transient it is as far as the musicians, uh, you know, and other um, music forms, pop music forms, or or whatever. You know, you have a static band. You know, this is the guitar player, this is the bass player. You know, this is Ringo, this is Paul, this is John, and uh, you have you have that same cast of characters. Where in jazz that that door revolves constantly. And, uh, as you mentioned your uncle, Donald bird, uh, I had the, the privilege of crossing paths with him, uh, down at Indiana university. He was, he was down there for a period of time working with David Baker. And, uh, and I was in a high school jazz band. I think it was all city jazz band or something. And we went down and, and he did a clinic with us. So man, that's, you know, that's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. So, so I want to, to tackle this thing, man. So, so let me ask you before I even get into it. Some of the, some of the things I'm trying to identify what it is, not just from musicians, but also to identify from what the world at large says, you know, people that are non-musicians, what in the world is it that attracts them to this thing called jazz? So I decided to sort of do some Google searching and find out what, what other people are saying, and, and then we can sort of discuss. So one of the things is jazz has all the elements that other music has. It has melody. That's the tune of the song, the, the part you're most likely to remember. It has harmony, the notes that make the melody sound fuller. It has rhythm, which is the heartbeat of the song. But what sets jazz apart is the cool thing called improvisation. What do you think about that?
1: you totally
0: agree I totally you know I, yeah I, I do think it's core you know uh, the improvisation element seems to be a, a real core and unique piece to it and but yet at the same time you know we have things like syncopation uh the syncopated uh beats and that sort of thing i think also are a huge contributor and uh this is this next piece that I came across, some of this is like Wikipedia. Man, I was just like touring around because I thought this will be interesting to chop it up with one of the greats, you know, just to talk about this is what everybody else says it is. Um, what is jazz known for? Jazz is characterized by swing and blue notes, complex chords, call and response vocals, polyrhythms, and improvisation. Jazz has has roots in West African culture and musical expression and in African-American music traditions. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Well, I thought it was interesting the way they stated it, that jazz has roots in, in the West African culture. Um, that would be very, very true. And that is where I, much of the polyrhythms and the call and response uh, impact and, and influence comes from truly. And it mentioned this thing about uh, African in, in American music traditions, and I would argue at that point that I believed that jazz was probably the contributor to many of the other African American musical forms. Uh, you know, R&B and, and all these other forms uh, certainly benefited from jazz. Hip-hop has benefited tremendously from the footprint of jazz, you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, I mean, the, the, the thing that, that, that is the most appealing to jazz, everything that you stated, every, uh, every uh, thing that makes up jazz can be interchanged at any time. You can choose a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and you can make it your own. And to me, I think that's, that's the, that's the it's lack of rigidity that makes it appealing and that makes it so widely accepted. All over the world, everybody wants to improvise, whether it's with a funk rhythm or with a swing rhythm or a 7-4 Indian rhythm, that the improvisation and, and the rhythm to me is, uh, uh, is really what makes it appealing to, to a lot of people. And every, it seems that every group of people uh, around the world, kind of f- find their own little niche, but uh, of jazz, what they call jazz, uh-huh. so it has a lot of uh, of uh, um, influence from the states, and sometimes it doesn't, and we can argue that this is not jazz because it's, you know it, it has to be a, it has to have a certain element of african-american roots in, in 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 order for me in my definition it's you know i, I came here to play black music or i will say it out loud i came here to play black music whether it's mccoy tyner or Earth, and fire i loved it all but that's what i wanted to do and i felt i felt that really studying analyzing and and playing as much as that music as i could would allow me a little Swiss guy, even though I was exposed to that music at an early age, I had to catch up as far as playing it in groups, especially in groups. And I I, I didn't do that until I came to Berkeley. So, um, but yeah, to me, the the African-American element in jazz has to be there it's it's imperative for
0: me that that's really key man you're you're really tapping on the door now there's there's a there's a piece i i really want to explore that a little bit further uh but we're going to have to take a break right now and um we will be back in just a moment you are listening to bill myers inspires and today's program is in honor of jazz appreciation month and it's called all that jazz with my special guest alex Bunyan. we'll be back in just a moment
2: Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talents, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates.
0: Are you a subject matter expert? eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email host at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today, our show is All That Jazz with my special guest, Alex Bunyon. As we sort of explore uh, uh, what it is uh, that makes jazz so compelling and attractive, not only to uh, folks in America, but also worldwide. So right before we went to the break, Alex, you mentioned that you came to, to America with one intention, and you said, yeah. I came to play Black music. And so as we're talking about jazz, and of course, with it being one of the earliest um iterations jazz and blues and, and spirituals and and field songs and whatnot being the earliest of the black american um genres what is it about that i think maybe you're you're tapping onto something in the spirit of the music um and you say you know you came to play black music and and so can you share what what that is from your perspective
1: uh, it's it's hard to to explain the um, the, I mean it's not hard to explain is the fear that the feeling that you get when you hear some somebody sing the right the right phrase, play the right phrase, or play the right rhythm, or the right chord like with Herbie or or, or McCoy, it's oof, it's it's just a, a when I hear Earth Wind Fire sing or, or their songs, just George Duke, there is there is a warmth that takes me. That that just engulfs me, uh, and nothing else does that to me.
0: Yeah, nothing,
1: nothing, no, nothing else does that to me. I, I know when it happens, I'm like, ooh, ooh, that was good. But. This this is the that's the that's the music that I chose that I, that I choose to uh, to follow and study like gospel that is one of the first music that I played professionally when I came to the states. Uh-huh. I did three years of um, aside from driving cabs and going to school, <laughs> I was playing in in um, I was playing in uh, in gospel groups in Boston, uh, really good ones too. Uh, one of them was Clara Mahomes in the Gospel Leviticus of Boston. Uh, we were going all over the country with uh, With this, we, uh, we were opening for. I mean, there was so so many so many big names. We you know Walter Hawkins we were opening for them. Andre Crouch we were opening for them. So it's it, it was. Uh, and that's another thing. Walter Hawkins and Andre Crouch are, are my. Heroes, I I hear their tunes still to this day, and it just it just gives gives me goosebumps all over, you
0: know. So yeah, you're you're talking about something. I mean, we're we're past you know the, you know the 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 uh, the technical aspects of music, you know, rhythm and so on and so forth. We're talking about feeling. We're talking about the spirit of something, you know, something that resonates deeply. And uh, and I I think that that's that's really key. Um, you know, I had mentioned about the the jazz having, you know, the roots in Western Africa culture and musical expression. And there's a young lady uh, from London, a, a filmmaker named Kadifa Wong, who I had on uh, as a guest a couple of months ago. And she has a documentary film out called Uprooted. And it is about, a documentary film about jazz dance. And it, it really raises a lot of questions very similar to the music uh, part of jazz, uh, jazz music versus jazz dance. And that is, it really poses a very strong question about sort of the roots of, that, of, of the dance and um, raises the question of, or concern as to whether whites are ap- appropriating the art form, or appreciating the art form, you know, because of course we we she drew the distinction between the European uh, school of dance, which would suggest everything came from ballet, and they're looking at stuff that came from Africa long before there was ballet, <laughs> you know. So, but very interesting um, how you know those things were sort of interconnected because we're talking about a feeling, we're talking about a story, we're talking about a press oppression. Um, and, and, um, you know, uh, challenges and strife and pain and all those things that I think help contribute to that feeling of, of, of joy or, or rejoice or something, you know what I mean? When it's, when it's let loose and, and able to express itself, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I'm, I, um, I thought about her film and I hope that you get a chance to see it again. It's called uprooted. And uh, hopefully that will be released widely sometime soon, where you can check that out. But so, does that feel like you know? Is, is does that connect some dots for you, Alex, as far as trying to get our arms wrapped around this thing called jazz?
1: Well, if let me just respond to this appropriation uh, um, question, mm-hmm. which uh, I uh, agree that it, it's that is going on. Appropriation to me is, for example, the white appropriation of African-American music. That's what we're talking about. So just to be clear. Okay. It, it, uh, um, it de- it's definitely going on for someone who's white, who, for example, let's take a piano player. Okay. Coming up with, a, uh, with whatever he's doing, whether it's funky, whether it's straight ahead, and has absolutely zero knowledge of the lineage that preceded everybody that's that's with greatness. I could, I could say uh, Herbie, Chick and McCoy and Keith Jarrett down to, uh, uh, you know, Hank Jones, Red Garland, Winton Kelly and going all down, down, down the line all the way to Jerry Rawl Jerry Martin, for example, or Scott Joplin. So, if, if you, I, th- I think music is public as long as you acknowledge where it came from and you take the time and, you, and you're respectful enough to study what preceded your era. And that's, to me, if you do these things, I, I, I wouldn't say that, that. I wouldn't call it appropriation. It's just uh, being in love with this music. And as long as I as I am re- respectful of knowing what preceded, uh, uh, what the lineage of, of musicians, all the way from to the beginning, as much as I can go, sure. That, uh, and totally acknowledge where it comes from. Should, nobody should be afraid of saying that it's it's a, it's an African American art form. I'm white, I'm saying it, I, you know, I have no problem saying it. I've, I've said it throughout my whole career. Right, right. There is a taboo in, in this country and, and also in Europe where people are afraid of, of acknowledging that it came from there well, for, for white musicians. You know, not not all of them, of course, but, but uh, there, right. there is a definite number of musicians who will never say, Thank you, or, or this is great music. I'm, I'm playing black music. I'm playing it my way, but it's black music still. You know, it's, it's it's it shouldn't be a taboo. It should be so. It should be such a natural way to to speak, and nobody should be afraid of doing that. It, it but people do it either out of uh, uh, fear, or they wanna they wanna just uh, hold on to their little you know cocoon, or. Or they're afraid of competition, or they're just plain uh, ignorant, and sometimes racist.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, and and I and I think I, 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 when I was referring to the appropriation part, which which I certainly was not trying to to suggest that you know white people can't play jazz or anything, nothing like that. I think what I was talking about was the narrative of its origin, taking credit for it. Like that's mine. I actually created it. That's the appropriation I'm talking about where it's like, Whoa, no, you didn't, you know, which is a, you know, robbery and, and uh, all that. But no, I mean, but that makes a lot of sense, man. It really is so important to acknowledge the shoulders of all the giants on which we stand, you know? Um, and so that lineage is important. And, um, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I, what I love about jazz, and I think one of the things is that it is open. It is an open form for people of whatever cultural background, um, they are welcome. You know what I mean? To, to step into, the, the jazz arena, I mean, once they, you know, sort of understand the idiom and everything else, I think that that was uh, jazz is certainly uh, was at the forefront of the civil rights movement, as far as being a vehicle that brought blacks and whites together, albeit in a limited capacity initially, because blacks still had to come through the back door and still couldn't stay at the hotel They had to you know, those other things, but it was an opportunity Uh, great theater opportunity for audiences to see that blacks and whites could coexist on a stage and actually contribute to one another, you know, get along. And not only that, but, you know, really create some dynamic uh, music, you know? So um, and I I love that uh, the the Martin Luther King, um, I refer to it often. It's a 1964 uh, opening address for the Berlin Jazz Festival that he did, and it's it's very beautiful piece. But he talks about the idea that we all have the blues, we all have uh, these pain and these sufferings and all these sorts of things. So this is that's the common ground that jazz presents us, is we can all bring our, you know, our own story, our own voice to the table and it's welcome. And that's not, that's not true of other art forms. I mean, you know, you, you'd be hard pressed to find that welcome mat in, um, you know, in classical orchestra. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. I mean, most rock bands, even though the origin of that largely is attributed to a whole lot of black folks at the beginning of rock or rock and roll as well. And so, um, you know, but yeah, it's very interesting how all that, how all that uh that works but jazz is always one of those things where you can you always can look up on the stage and see a mix of people you know uh it's not uncommon i guess that's what i'm trying to say it's not a shock like um so yeah man so when we we come we're going to get ready for a break now again and then when we come back i want to talk about something else that's that's relative to the roots of of jazz and that is um well i'll just hold on to that thought until we come back you're listening to bill myers inspires and i'm here with my special guest today mr alex Bunon. and the title of our show is all that jazz as we pay our respects to jazz during this april jazz appreciation month we'll be back in just a moment
2: today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives from our health to political unrest the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator and speaker as a biracial man who's both black and white bill leverages his background talent and voice through creativity compassion and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change bill myers inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference for more information, visit his website, billmyersinspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates.
0: You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Thank you for joining us. And now let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And today we are talking about all that jazz with my special guest, Mr. Alex Brunione. So Alex, I'm, I'm, uh, th- there's a few other elements to jazz and, and the music and the, the freedom and the oppression and the, the freedom of, from oppression um, that I want to discuss that I think are very profound that extend beyond just the music itself. And that is, do you know who named the, um, the 1920s as the sort of the jazz age? Not sure. No. Okay. The novelist F. Scott Fitzgerald termed the 1920s the jazz age. Hmm. With its earthy rhythms, fast beat, and improvisational style, jazz symbolized the decade's spirit of liberation. At the same time, new dances, new dance styles arose involving spontaneous bodily movements, and closer physical contact between partners. Now, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Now, now, this is where I wanted to go with this, and that I I needed to set that up with Mr. F. Scott Fitzgerald because we were talking about a feeling. We're talking about something that happens uh, as far as audiences um, because of the improvisational nature it's like something's taking place and being created, never to be recreated the same way, in front of that audience every time, you know, at at every moment, something's being created. And um, I thought, I wanted to, to try to figure out, is it, why do you suppose that jazz is connected to sex? Now, I say that because, you know, the roots of jazz, I mean, were the brothels and all that sort of thing. So I'm just curious because I think that there's something very interesting in this idea of liberation, uh, creation, all, all of this happening. And ironically, this art form has its roots in brothels. Why do you suppose that was the case? I, I've thought about this a lot, and I don't have an answer, but I just thought maybe Alex does. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and the, uh, this wow, this is a lot. Um, it was maybe... Uh, uh, played in the brothel, Maybe' I mean where else would you would you play except in the street? Or in the brothels and, the, and and during that period, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I, this is no, not, that's, I'm not the knowledge that I'm. I'm just putting so, uh, thoughts out there. I don't know.
0: So I, so so maybe maybe we could suggest that it was uh be, because there wasn't uh, you know the opportunities for blacks to perform openly in you know whether it be clubs or the theaters or vaudeville or or whatever. Maybe it was the underground element because uh you know underground meaning because also during the same period was period of prohibition also so all these little spots and you know uh, what is the the secret word and and you know um you know all the pimps and all the process you know all the the vices all that stuff were sort of deeply connected to the jazz uh oh. scene and ironically i think it's very interesting to note that even during the 50s and 40s 50s 60s that a lot of the uh, a lot of the gigs for jazz players and the shows themselves were uh, had shake dancers and all that. Again, that same element of sort of sexy was brought into that. They'd have a comedian or whatever, but you know, when we think about the Cotton Club, we think about the dancing girls. Uh, we think about a whole lot of sexy yep. wrapped around this music, and I guess that's why, why I'm tossing it out is that I don't think it's I don't think it's by accident that those things are connected i think that there is something sexy about jazz i think there's something uh uh, that comes from the inside out
1: yeah i mean that even if you take the uh the 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 shows at the cotton club out if you take the brothers out and you you just really concentrate on just on the music it still will be sexy not with i mean even without the rest of these elements it is it is uh, um just by the by the rhythm and the fact that you can improvise on the spot in front of people it's, it's just so different it, it is just so different it, you can't you can't be in love and show your love by playing something loving when you play jazz you cannot do that with classical because you play something that's been written maybe the composer 300 years ago was in love and he wrote this piece but now you have to play it as is without you can keep it with a, a feeling sure but you will, will you won't be able to convey your own feeling of love the same way you can by improvising on the tune on the jazz tune with rhythm in front of people on the spot and uh, that's thing I think that's what makes it really uh uh unlike any other music in the world. Yeah. Um but the sexiness is there even without the brothers and the cotton club to me. Uh um it is I don't know, it's 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 the way it's the the, the, the that's the way that the music is taken in that, that is uh, that can be taken in very analytically or very primarily. It, it depends, or both. Sometimes mm-hmm. I take in the music with analysis in mind, and sometimes I just take it in uh, in the primal state. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the beauty of it to me. I, yeah. That's the best explanation I can give you. I'm sorry. But
0: no, if you, no. That's if, fantastic, you had, man.
1: if you had a scholar, from New Orleans, uh, a scholar musician from New Orleans, like such as Winton or Bradford, they could they uh, they probably could tell us, they could probably uh, could answer that question very well. Uh, <laughs> me, I'm just trying.
0: <laughs> no, 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 and 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 that's the beauty of it is because I did not want because I'm I'm sitting here looking at this material and this is what you know I mean different scholars and universities and all these folks are saying. Some of it I agree with, some of well, I disagree with, uh, but but that's irrelevant. I mean, uh, I have my own experience of it for the last forty years, as you do. So so, but but that's just as important. So as we factor in, that's why I'm I'm reading what they said <laughs> and it's saying, Alex, what do you think, brother? Because I don't know about that, but I just know that there's this interesting connective idea. I know that when I show up at a gig, I've often said particularly a jazz gig, obviously uh, um, that I think that the experience is very sexual. Um, yeah. I think that um, I don't think that it, I think it is about uh, rock in the whole room. I mean, perhaps the the largest orgy ever known to man, because I don't think it's just limited to the musicians on the stage. I think it's being mindful of, you know, a, a full experience of, of everyone in the room, you know, everybody in the room being engaged. And I think that that's the beauty of what happens. Uh, and I look forward to that, that, uh, level of connection, you know, uh, when the audience is connected and they hear what you're saying and you, they feel what you're feeling. And, you know, I think those are, um, you know, that, that's, that's the beauty of it for me, you yeah. know, so. yeah. but, um, but I do think that it very definitely has a very strong component of something that happens inside and moves outside (laughs) for me, you know, I, I, man, I don't know about you. I've seen some of your, your, your pictures and seen you in action a few times and you know, you, you wind up bopping around quite a bit. I cannot sit down and play. I feel like I am like handcuffed because I have to connect with the floor. I have to, be able to feel this thing before I can even play it because I think that it comes from the inside to the yeah. out, you know, so, um, so, 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 um, so I've got a couple of questions that just came in on my phone, which I, I'm going to pose to you really quick. One is how does Alex observe people uh, uh, w- uh, socializing when listening to jazz how does alex observe people socialize when listening to jazz how do you see people socializing when you're playing jazz when when i play yeah yeah i mean how do you see them engage you know how how do people um
1: respond to the music
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah uh uh, it depends. Uh, it depends. Uh, you have, uh, you have uh, some audiences at some venues or in some cities that are very responsive, very showing their love, uh, not afraid to shout out, you know, that they like it. Right. Uh, you have uh, other places who enjoy it just as much, but do not show it as much. Until it's time to clap or boo, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, luckily for me, that doesn't happen. So the, the, right. The boo.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Very often.
1: I, I mean, it's 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 a tremendous uh, show of love. Any time I, I play on stage, uh, at any given time, any given place. Uh, by people who know my music inside out and and uh, or by people who come and hear me for the first time because somebody dragged them in there mm-hmm. uh, uh, usually they come out and they say oh wow I had no idea blah 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 uh, I'm so happy I'm going to get all your music so, you know, so, so it's uh, it's, uh, it's a love affair between me and the audience when I uh, When I play on stage, and I am definitely not into doing gimmicks to to please the crowd. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy when I please the crowd, doing what I do. And and to me, it, it it comes with it comes with playing the song that I've written or that somebody else has written with as much feeling. As I can, almost present it instrumentally like a great singer like Aretha or Luther or Whitney Houston would have presented that to to an audience with that much feel, that much. uh, I want the diction of my piano playing being like a singer. I think that's the ultimate playing right right there.
0: Yeah
1: song, it's nobody will, you know, nobody will remember that, except the musicians in the room.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're on it, man. Um, That was something that I discovered and I didn't even know I discovered it. And it was at the very beginning of my musical days, which was my uh, attraction to Louis Armstrong without knowing why I was attracted to him until maybe, you know, 25 years later, then I was able to articulate it. And it was that I understood uh, that what was attractive to, uh, to me about Louis Armstrong was that his voice, the the instrument was an extension of his human voice, just as he talked, you know, there would be a growl in his voice, that growl was in his horn. So that seamless You know what I mean? When, when people say, you know, find your, find your voice, you know, find a, a, you know, play you and that sort of thing. And so I understood that. So when you just said that, that's very powerful. Um, and I think that's the ultimate, I think is when we can think it, feel it, and then it comes out exactly the way we (laughs) intended when all things are cooperating. Right. I mean, so, but, um, Yeah, that's awesome, man. That is so awesome. Well, we are about to take another break and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires on the Inspired Choices Network. Today, we're doing all that jazz with my guest, Mr. Alex Bunyan. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives. From our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talents, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com and sign in For the latest news and updates.
0: You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now... Let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today we're talking about all that jazz with my guest, Mr. Alex Bunion. Um, This is April and it it is uh, Jazz Appreciation Month. And I just wanted to back up and take a moment to try to figure out and discuss all the things that are attractive about jazz to, to others, and then also to musicians themselves. And, um, during this last year, of course, we have been met with a pandemic. And I know that I truly believe that, um, the great healing power of music and live music and what it's able to do for people has been a missing element, uh, out in this world. And there's a tremendous amount of, uh, Hurt and uh, sadness and things like that, and I think that that has partially been uh, exaggerated even more because of the inability for music to do its magical healing that it provides people. So, um, and and that is not only just for the fans of music, but then I want to turn it now to to discuss what happens with the musicians themselves over this this very difficult period. So, Alex, how is this? pandemic uh, affected you not just I'm not talking about just employment status issues I'm just talking about the ability to get out and connect with community uh, in the ways that we do it you know
1: yeah well that yeah that's the greatest that's the greatest uh, uh, sadness of this whole thing is is not to be able to commune with people um whether it's by music or just by by visiting your folks your friends, uh, it's you know it put people in the st- in the, almost like a in the hermit kind of a, a stage, um, unvol unvoluntary. Un- so, uh, me personally speaking, uh, I have two little kids. Yeah, very- you do. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, the pandemic didn't phase didn't, uh, me too much uh, aside from the employment part because I'm loving my family so much and we, we've had actually, we are, we are blessed with a lot of room around the, in and around our house. And we live in a small town so that we didn't get affected too much. Uh, 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 my daughters stayed home the first all last year after the pandemic hit. So we were together, having to find something to do with each other every day, all day. So that was the hard part. But uh, um, as far as a musician, uh, I kind of shut down. I, I shut down uh, um, creatively uh, because of the. The lack of motivation and the lack of time. Having these two really made me, uh, and my wife kept working full time during the whole pandemic mm-hmm. and sometimes at the office by herself, but she kept working. So I, I became basically Mary Poppins. Uh, right. And, right. <laughs> and tried to do everything. And so I kind of shut down creatively, which is, uh, uh, which is really not good. Uh, I, I cannot think of anything to write right now, but I know that it will change. I, I try to practice a little bit, not as much as I should, but the the, the creative part of that's missing is is uh, is very hard for me. It's, been, it's been really yeah. hard. For me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I concur, man. It, it, it's been a lot of pivoting and having to occupy ourselves doing something else uh, because. Uh, Just the thought about the music, you know, again, the motivation and that sort of thing, because music is meant to be shared. And so that that part of the experience, you know, I don't play for myself. (laughs) I really don't. Um, But, yeah, I totally get that. And I look forward to a time when you're able to get back on the stage and I'm able to go, hey, cheer you on and and uh, and get myself out there gigging as well, man. So, Alex, it has been a treat having you here today. Uh, This time goes really, really, really fast, as you can see. Um, But I so appreciate you, man, and I wish you all the best. And I do absolutely love all the pictures of you and your kids chopping it up every day, Mr. Mary Poppins, because you're doing it, man. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being with us today, man. I really appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh so like I say, I hope that uh we'll be on the gig trail very, very soon. Yes. So uh, I wish you all the best, you and your wife, your kids, and and so on, man, and your your other projects on the side, which I won't won't <laughs> book you out on, but uh some pretty exciting stuff going on, man, in the meantime. So um so yeah, I appreciate you being here and um being willing to offer some something towards this jazz thing. So we are Uh, going to be here next week. Thank you for tuning in today and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.